So again, common ground to me is based off of just finding a level of common ground that you and I are at to try to change this world, make it better. Um, but uh, this afternoon, I'm with uh, Vice Mayor Rex Richardson, who's the uh, ninth district city council member. And this is, you know, I think a lot of people thought, you know, am I trying to come at this at a political angle? It's really not. I think, I think candidly, most people don't know somebody's story, like what's behind them? Why are they doing this? Why are they involved? And I think people want to know, like, hey, this person wants to like run our city. Right. Why, why do they want to do this? Mm -hmm, Where do they mm -hmm. get the energy? So really, like you were, just, we were just talking. Like you have a regular job. People yeah. probably don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm one of the only council members who works in the private sector. All of us, all of us work. Um, there's a couple people who are retired, um, and city council isn't really built for you know younger families or working families. It's a lot of it's a lot of work to pack into you know. How many one hours? Meeting. How many hours a week you think city council takes? Well, it depends. If you mean actual putting in time, making phone calls, responding to constituents, or the time that you spend deeply thinking and in engaging on issues. Both. I mean, you got to put it all. It's in. It's hard to quantify. But what I'll tell you is, um, it comes. It all comes from a heart of service. Like you don't step forward and say, you know, I'm going to change uh, my life, um, and you know. Expo you know, raise your children in a fishbowl and take on difficult issues uh, without some commitment to change and being a believer. It, it's hard to step forward without being an optimist but you, and saying you we can think, make a difference. You think, you think most people that go and do it, it's service? Meaning in lot, local government. A lot, a, lot of a lot of people say that people go into politics yeah. for power. Well, here's the thing. I mean, local government is not a whole lot of power. Local government is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, this it's the only level of government you can drive down the street, see a vacant lot, see a boarded up building, put your vision goggles on and say, I want to see a coffee shop there. I want to see a community garden there and get it done in fairly short period of time. If you're in the state legislature, 80, you're one of 80 assembly members and 40 senators. You may go through your whole career of 12 years there, maybe have a couple bills that actually make a meaningful difference in someone's life. Local government, everything you do will have a direct and tangible impact on people's lives. Why do you think people don't, why do you think people care about national government more than local government when, when local government could actually change their city or make something, you know, like, as you said, be better. It seems like people aren't as interested in it, right? Well, I'll, here's what I'll say. Um, you know, when we were kids, we would watch these sort of grand policy initiatives or, you know, these big ideas coming out of Washington, DC you know, everything from, you know, space and space programs to, you know, you know, I think about, you know, Ronald McNair, right, who, you know, who, who was on the Challenger, how many people he inspired. But as we grew up, what we saw was partisanship and gridlock in Washington for more than 20 years now. And you haven't seen a bunch of leadership that truly makes a huge difference on the ground. But you what you have seen is over the last decade, uh, an emerging sense of localism where a lot of the national uh, efforts that are happening are being led by cities now. Um, almost every major uh, uh, sort of economic policy has been championed or ch by a city now. Uh, you're seeing, uh, you know, city mayors taking cabinet positions now, right? Think about, you know, Charlotte went on to be Secretary of Transportation and was a pretty good Secretary of Transportation. So mayors have been, been stepping up. Think about Mayor Pete is Secretary of Transportation. He was a mayor of a small town. And so you're seeing localism, people who are on the ground, 
you know, solving problems are the ones who are showing more leadership. You're not seeing a whole lot. I, my, you know, I'm 38. In my adulthood, I really haven't seen. You're young, 38. I mean, I'm not right? that young. I mean, I was 38. Two, yeah. Two years to 40, 12 years to right. 50. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're going to get there. up there. When you put your roots down in Long Beach, you felt that you could give back by making sure that community of 90,000 people had things that other people had basic whatever basic service and amenities now, now somebody might say to you why did that have to take you to do it why why couldn't they do it without you i don't think that i'm particularly special i think that you don't think you're special at all no i think Rex, anybody could you're do so this special you're Look, special to me that but that's not community empowerment the community empowerment is anybody can do this anybody can do anybody it. can do it you're just you're you're saying the reason why it's getting done on some of these things because i made a choice to do it i made a decision so let me let me take it a little bit further if you see um patterns of disparity the haves the have-nots that have persisted for a long long time that means it's it's probably by design there's something systemic about it and you have to think about what is it about the system that we have to change in order to, to change that outcome? So if I saw, so I, I, so when I saw we couldn't get a bank or a coffee shop, I, those are the questions that I asked. Why not? And I learned things like you have to have certain income in the communities in order for, to attract that sort of retail. You mean a, a Starbucks might look at an opportunity right. and they might say, right. this doesn't fit. Right. But Absolutely. That, that's business. But that's business, right? Right. So I looked at those data points about North Long Beach, and it showed that North Long Beach has 77% home ownership. It showed that we didn't have, uh, we had pockets of deep poverty, but that wasn't the, the case. Most folks are working families that actually have jobs and income. When we started understanding our community better, we could tell the story better, and that's how we started to turn it around. That's when Starbucks said, yeah, absolutely. Look at the, look at the Artesia Boulevard traffic counts in the morning on the breakfast side of the street when people are driving to LA. It's crazy. Yeah, let's put a coffee shop here, right? When we went to the bank and showed the radius of there are no banks in any, in any of this area, you're, you're going to kill it here. Chase said, yeah, you're, I think you're right. We'll, we'll take another look at this market. So part of it is so telling you, you the did story. A, you did a great job of, like you just started to say, telling a story of the good. Of, of here, here's, here are the real numbers. Right. Here are the real stats, and that and that led to some of that change. A little earlier, I told you about optimism, right? Two wolves fighting, which fo which wolf, wolf wins? The wolf that you feed. And in North Long Beach, they've been feeding the wrong wolf for too long. And we were able to go in and talk about the positives, and it worked. The Michelle Obama Neighborhood Library, the largest, most modern, iconic library, aside from the main branch, is a neighborhood branch library in our city. A library, typically, you don't think of as an economic development driver, but became a landmark and attract additional investment. Let's think about the paramedic story. My, when I became chief of staff to Steve Neal in 2010, we had a deficit budget. And the first, I think our second council meeting, they were negotiating a cut. It was the Long Beach Municipal Band, a great band, played citywide, didn't play in North Long Beach, and the Paramedic Rescue 12 that provided advanced life support services you know, cardiac arrest, major emergencies to the North Long Beach community. Both were on the chopping block. Showed up to council. It's like my second council meeting, high stakes politics. Every seat in the chamber is filled. Big red signs. Every one of those signs said, save the municipal band. Not a single sign said, save the rescue. We learned a hard lesson that day, right? If you don't show up, 
and speak up. If you don't have a seat at the table, you'll end up on the menu. The paramedic was cut. Our response times went down by three minutes across the whole city. Sure, the council member in the area voted against the cut, obviously, but that doesn't mean just voting against yeah. against something doesn't mean you're going to deliver services for the people who are counting on you. And so that's when we committed. We got to change this. We got to get more people to City Hall. We got to people get people to speak up, help the city council understand what this means. It took us seven years. We finally got that paramedic back. But for seven years, we had three minutes slower response times in our community. The solution was community empowerment. The solution was building up district captains and neighborhood leaders. We've, we, we created 13 neighborhood associations in North Long Beach. Well, we grew from four or five to 13. We started training leaders, doing district captain trainings on how to do public speaking, how to show up to the city council meeting and testify. We did those basic things and we're still reaping the rewards of that today. The narrative today is not what North Long Beach doesn't have. If anything, I hear sometimes I hear grumblings from other council members and say, how did Rex get a library and the community center and the bank and, you know, uh, the, the you know, built the shelter? And how is he an environmental stewardship Honestly, center? I, what, I, what I hear the most is you want it more. You want it more. I mean, it, when you talk about two wolves in a fight, you feed, you know, just because you feed something doesn't necessarily mean it motivates a person to win. What, what motivates a person to win is the want, the, this inner drive. So when you, when you look at this next phase of running for mayor and that vision you talked about when you're in North Long Beach, this vision, what, what do you see it as now? Where, where, do you, where do you see your vision? What's that corner or that thing that you'd say, I want to build? Let me say this. I, I didn't make decision, the decision to run for mayor out of any great sense of privilege, or entitlement, no one from my community has ever been elected to anything citywide or a state legislative seat, a what Senate seat. What do you mean seat. by entitlement? No. What would entitlement look like if you were entitled? I, I come from the least likely part of town to to try to do the, take this audacious, audacious step of running for citywide office when we have no history. Do you think anyone has ever run for mayor out of entitlement? Well, I, mean, I, I just, certainly think. I'm just curious of the word. Meaning, what what did you mean by entitlement? I think when all if you come from an area of town where all the citywide elected officials live, that comes with a certain you know that 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 means that that you know you come from it. You have an advantage because you think you're in a disadvantage right out of the gate. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But what? But just, it's but evidence. I, I know, but what I'm just interested in the entitlement part. Entitlement is. You, you were saying I'm not coming out of a, an entitled yeah. place. Mm -hmm. Who, is, I don't feel is entitled Robert to Garcia be. Garcia entitled? Was Beverly O'Neill? Was Robert? I mean, what does that mean? To I'm me? saying that I am not coming from a place. It's not a reference to someone else. What I'm telling you is the history of my community in North Long Beach isn't one where you can sort of say, I want this thing and it's and it's there for you. It's when you see that in 100 years of our city, no one in North Long Beach has been elected citywide, then you're coming from a disadvantage from a voting propensity standpoint. Or you're coming out of a district that had low, has 90,000 people. No, the it. district has 55,000 people. Yeah. North Long Beach has 90,000 people. But what I'm saying is typically probably a mayor came out of districts where 
they had higher voter counts right and therefore it was an easier base to then go out and it's, build the there's a lot of around. advantages so one like voting propensity two it takes money to run for office i can't knock on my neighbor's doors and collect 500 900 um, contributions these are working families they'll give me 25 dollars they'll give me 50 dollars but they're not going to give me 900 dollars when so the, the totality of sort of running for office it's 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 a lot of sort of um, influencers and getting to know people and getting them to believe that you can do it and you're coming from a disadvantage when you're coming from a community that's never been done before anytime you're the first to do something there's a there's a sort of a um you have to inspire people to believe that it can be done first or else they're not going to yeah. invest in that vision and when you and so what i'm saying is i i'm running for mayor and it's not coming from a place where i feel entitled to be the mayor i'm running for mayor because next year we're going to later this year we're going to need a new mayor and i believe that i'm the most prepared i believe i have the proven track record on the issues that Long Beach cares about. I've, you know, the changes that I've seen in North Long Beach happen because we work together. We were able to get unify our community. We were able to get enough council members across the city to understand the vision and support that vision. And that collaborative style of leadership is what is gonna be needed within our city and across government in order to beat the challenges or address some of the challenges that our city is facing. Yeah. And so as a you know, council member that's you know, overcome significant odds to turn, you know, to create a new vision and, and hope for this community, as a vice mayor who's been elected two times by at least five council members, it shows you can work with at least five members, yeah. the majority. You gotta get votes. You gotta get votes, yeah. right? And on the issues that people care about, from homelessness to public safety, I've been there and I have a proven track record on very difficult circumstances, showing leadership and making a meaningful difference. I also believe that partnerships are incredibly important. We, if it hadn't been from the state funds, county funds, and federal funds, Long Beach would not have made it through. Fiscally, we wouldn't have made it through the past two years. When the pandemic hit, we had significant deficit. We were, you know, we saw transit a lot occupancy of cities tax. made money from the pandemic, yep. honestly. I mean, really, when you look at federal dollars, a lot of cities made a lot of money from federal dollars that made up huge budget deficits, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Long Beach was short, was when CARES Act came out, we were shy of the 500,000 person population. So we were not eligible for CARES Act. It was only through working with the state legislature and the county is the only reason we were able to get the initial relief dollars, the $40 million to the city to help us through that first pandemic uh, relief. Yeah, it was not because we were entitled to it like other cities. Right. You you, you mean we you weren't qualified for it based on some numbers? But I want to go to something you said. You said, you know, you um, when I hear what you're talking about in North Long Beach, you're talking a lot about quality of life, right? That's all. Banks, Starbucks, services, da, 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 services quality of life, quality of life, making right. someone's life better. And I think as a public servant, mm -hmm. if you're if you're saying, hey, I, I want to make somebody's life better. But somebody in Long Beach, I love Long Beach. That's why I'm doing this. I, I really want to see a better Long Beach. Absolutely. An average person driving through Long Beach, I don't care where you are, north side, east side, downtown, there's no way a lot of people would say that the quality of life 
for somebody who lives in Long Beach and loves Long Beach is in a great spot right mm-hmm. now. Homelessness. I was just happened to be out of town. I came back into town. It's like I had forgotten homelessness existed. I the first thing this morning driving in homeless. You you look at the crime stats just mm-hmm. down the street. Mm-hmm. A person is stabbed at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's in mm-hmm. a pretty was, nice yeah. neighborhood. I saw that. And you go and you go this quality of life. And so when you talk about overcoming the odds, mm-hmm. right, um, is you know the system, you know it, right? You know how to get five votes. You've done it. Absolutely. You know how to, you know all these different things. Mm-hmm. But when you look at real hard results of the city council, of city council members, right now you have to be looking at it and you have to be going. Now, Long Beach isn't alone, right? Other cities in in uh, California are dealing mm-hmm. with this, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and all these things. But what's the vision to change this? I think how could you make, again, whether somebody lived in North Long Beach or anywhere, right. how are you going to make their quality of life better? So I want to come to that. But you jumped in before I finished the answer about why I'm, why yeah, I'm yeah, running for sorry, mayor. Yeah. Right? We got caught up on the entitlement statement. I believe that um, there's a lot of good that I can do. Um, we can. There are parts of town that certainly need a little bit of what we've done in North Long Beach to make a difference. I think citywide, you need someone who can walk through every neighborhood and identify, you know, work with everyone, no matter no matter the community. I think my success has been finding where our interests intersect and building there. I can tell you, in every district in town, someone will say, "Hey, I have this uh, this issue with homelessness or safety that I'm dealing with in North Long Beach. We can connect on that issue." There is someone in every district who will say, "You know, hey, I I would love to have." this coffee shop or this grocery store in my community, a community that's safe and walkable, well-lit. Those are where our interests intersect. That's rubber, That's local government, yeah. right? I, I, don't, so, I think everyone's going to connect around homelessness and crime right, right. now, right? But I, think, but I think, you know, sort of the way that I've addressed it, my leadership style has been all based on community empowerment, bringing people together and making sure that they are helping to drive that type of uh, the results they want to see. Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. And so I have a proven track record of that. And on the larger issues like homelessness, which we'll, we'll get into, um, on homelessness, sort of, you know, when we saw the loss of redevelopment in 2013, I wasn't on the council yet. I was chief of staff to Steve Neal. That was our largest driver of affordable housing production. 20% of every redevelopment dollar that came to the city had to go to housing production, affordable housing production or preservation. That was about 25 to $30 million a year. And when it ended in 2013, it typically takes five years to build one unit, one building from site acquisition. Unbelievable. This is what it is. From site acquisition, entitlement process, construction time, lease up. It's about five years to get one housing development built. Yes, you're right. It's un- unbelievable. But if you add five years on a 2013, you end in 2018 where we began to see significant impacts. If you think about it, 2018 is when we saw uh, the homeless count begin to increase. And when we began to so- see uh, that we weren't keeping pace on housing production, that's a public policy decision in the state that impacted us on the ground. Since then, you can. there's a lot that we can do and we have done, but we have not fixed that one issue, which is housing production. We have not produced amount of housing and we don't have that dedicated source of revenue like we used to have to do it. 
Now, coming to your issue on sort of homelessness and quality of life. Imagine if that's all you heard from your constituents is I have homeless on my streets. I have vacant buildings. I have vacant lots. I have crime. That's been my experience in North Long Beach from day one. We've, we've turned a lot of things around there. I know how to go into a community and see a grocery store on Los Coyotes is vacant, uh, vacant buildings on 2nd Street. I know what to do because that's all I've done in North Long Beach. That's all we had. We, during the first quarter of the pandemic, we were able to show 37% small business receipts increase, whereas other parts of town had 59% decrease. We opened 13 different restaurants during the pandemic. It's not that North Long Beach was unique. It's that we had momentum before the pandemic ha happened. We were able to look these businesses in the eye and say, I know this pandemic just happened. You have my word, we'll be with you. And, and they, they look back and say, well, we're gonna maintain our commitment to North Long Beach, we will open. We worked with them to help them figure out how to do online sales and, and Uber Eats and all of that. Some have been very successful. Uh, Sal's Gumbo Shack that started in the Ninth District, she did well during the pandemic. She just opened a second location in Bixby Knowles. So some small businesses have actually thrived, but it took a lot of handholding, a lot of commitments made. That's the kind of leader that's going to have to bring us through the recovery. As mayor, I'll give you an example. As mayor, I'm going to have a deputy mayor over economic recovery whose job is to do what I did as a council member. Look that small business in the eye, shake their hand, and say, I know it's a difficult time, but we're going to bet on Long Beach and we're going to be with you every step of the way to help get through the pandemic. On homelessness, I, I have a reputation of I lean into the challenges head on. Before we, there was a, some big issues around whether we can enforce our anti-camping laws in the city. There's a law, Martin v. Boise's Supreme Court decision that says cities cannot enforce your anti-camping laws unless you have adequate shelter within your city. This is at a time when we didn't have a single municipal shelter as a city. This is before we had access to the state's program, Project Room Key, that can buy motels and turn them into transitional and supportive housing. This is a point where we didn't have anything. I stepped forward and said, I remember the discussions. The city manager was begging someone to step forward and say, will you build the shelter? I, I made a calculation. I said, there are some parts of town that are very unstable in my district that a little bit of investment would actually stabilize it and attract more resources. So I'll do it only if we buy the land with a commitment to, to develop that land, um, to partner with a developer, to develop it into something stable that brings services and housing and jobs. That the government is buying the land. The government bought the land. So we stepped forward and we bought the Atlantic Farms building in North Long Beach. And today it's the Atlantic Bridge community. It has 125 beds, men, women, couples, a dog run. This is not uh, you know, a nightly line standing outside shelter. You do intake at the multi-service center, you commit to accept services, and then you can come here for you know, 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to try to get back on your feet. They're changing lives. So we were the first ones to step forward and do it. We were able to do it because we had built credibility with our own local community who trusted I was not gonna bring something in to this community that I was not personally invested in making sure that it was successful and it didn't have a, a negative impact on our communities. So I put my word up to my residents. And today, if you were to ask those residents adjacent, they'll say, we love what's happened. We're about to unveil a new vision for it, the new development. 
and they're excited for this, that new development wouldn't have been possible unless we leaned into the issue of homelessness. Now, I personally believe that we need to do more. We've got Project Room Key that's come on board. A lot of the council members have, since we did the first one, they saw there's nothing to be afraid of. Let's do it, right? So we've inspired more shelter capacity, more compassion across the whole city. We need to make sure downtown has some shelter that's a bit closer. It's very difficult to address the homelessness issues downtown when all of the support is adjacent to downtown or in North Long Beach or in Central Long Beach. So we need something a bit closer to be able to have a bigger grip on, on the issue. I also think we have to layer services on top of each other. The Downtown Long Beach Associates is going through a renewal of their business improvement district. And there's a little bit of an increase in their assessment specifically to have a downtown homelessness apparatus that can partner with the city's homeless outreach apparatus to have a boutique approach in downtown. How are we gonna attract businesses to our downtown? How are we gonna attract, how are we gonna take <laughs> LA's lunch if we can't say that Long Beach ease speed and predictability to do business and clean and safe yeah those are the things that people need to hear i think i think that that's why um you know first off i commend anyone running for public office you know my dad was a school board member i watched it i i understand um my aunt was a city council member i watched politics and i give you credit for for going for it i here's what i think the hardest thing about being a politician is everything you just said I think most people listening, they're just like, yeah, yes to all of that. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, It's not a partisan black, issue. Just, it just makes sense. Just, just if you can do those right. things, great. There's a little more, though. But, but it does feel that politicians say all the right things, but the real result. Everything I'm telling you, you can point to and look at no, today. No, what, I, what I'm saying, I'm not saying you can't in sure. North Long Beach. Sit, these are these things are impact the whole city. And what I'm saying is, I think mm -hmm. if you asked an average person that lived in the city, and they said, "Okay, do you hear everything Rick said?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I, I heard it." But do you see what I'm dealing with here? Do you see when you know you said something interesting? You said Starbucks looked at how everybody was driving, and you said, "Where was everybody driving to?" Mm -hmm. You said exactly. they were driving to L.A. Right. They weren't driving to businesses in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. When you look at the real industry in Long Beach, the real businesses, people are driving to other cities to go and get goods and services because they don't like what is happening in Long Beach in a lot of ways. And what I'm saying is I think when somebody looks at who they're going to elect, candidly, Rex, I think a lot of people tune out of local politics because they think it's just talk they, they're like show me the Lo local result. government is the closest to the result if you want to talk about talk you got to look at state or federal government local government is all about results and accountability that's what it is you either can build the library or you can't you either can build the shelter or you can't you can balance the budget or you can't it's very black and white so i agree to all of that the the, the problem is when you go back to the money because as soon as you take money from someone, it feels like in politics that, I mean, for me, taking money from a customer, I have to deliver on something I committed mm -hmm. to. You said that in, in order to get elected, you're going to working families, which I think everyone's a working family, whether the working family writes a $900 check or a $25 mm -hmm. check, they're probably working, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, they're working. If you don't have money, you can't... Con Contributing to a campaign is probably not the top top of mind. But when you look at the past campaign, when you look at uh, 
our current mayor's past campaign, where, where did he get the majority of his money? What I think we should be talking about, let's stay on this issue. This is a good discussion about delivering, right? We can come back to campaign finance law later, but we really need to get through this issue on homelessness and the ability to deliver. The things that I'm putting forward are rooted in evidence, rooted in data, and there's already momentum happening in these in these spaces. Long Beach is not starting from scratch here. I we agree. have our own continuum of care, our own health department. 50% of the folks living on our streets dealing with experiencing homelessness are associated with sort of loss of job, economic issues, loss of housing, can't afford rent. The other half are dealing with domestic abuse, behavioral health, uh, mental health, and substance abuse. Now on the economic piece, we can have a poverty strategy. We're doing a lot around vouchers and getting people into housing and securing their housing. But on the behavioral health, domestic abuse, mental health, substance abuse, we don't, we don't have our own mental health department as a city. The people that, you know, the agencies that, that sort of respond with mental health are funded through the county, the Department of Mental Health. And so there's one or two steps removed from us being able to correct, co coordinate locally. We don't have a local continuum of care or a local table to coordinate mental health services as a city. Last November, I convened the hospitals, uh, the mental health providers, Cal State Long Beach for a round table to talk about the gaps in service and what could we do better if the city were the local convener. And if the city took some services away from the county, we're able to deliver them locally. And we got buy-in, a letter support of all of them to take a formal step of beginning to engage the county directly about establishing a local capacity, a local sort of collaborative to address mental health. This is not a crazy idea. Laverne, Claremont, Berkeley, uh, Pomona, all have the very same thing. For all intents and purposes, they are the county's mental health. They get funded directly to do outreach. Imagine if Long Beach, either within its health department or adjacent to it, had direct funding to do substance abuse outreach, build up st uh, uh, step-down facilities, which are, let's say someone goes to the hospital because they have a cut, they live in an encampment. Once you fix that cut on their arm, they're not ready to go back on the street. They need two, three weeks to sober up. It's called recuperative care. We don't have any recuperative care beds they're using up hospital beds. If we were to have local control over those things and outreach, we can have a, a locally tailored solution to actually address the root causes so people aren't cycling in and out of hospitals and back on the street. Totally. And, 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 I, and it I, needs and to be I, layered. I, and I think, I think sure. most people would agree with what, meaning these are complex issues. Right. right? And what I'm saying to you is steps are already being taken now. As mayor, this is going to be my primary focus. Within 100 days, I'm going to call for the establishment of a local uh, local mental health division or department or bureau whose job is to sort of take some of those responsibilities away and have local control localizing mental health. I did an op-ed in if, December. If, if cities just continue to provide services. We're and, talking and, about and, root causes. Uh, no, no, I, I understand. But if cities are, I mean, these services are expensive. Right. They're expensive. Right. Right. You go back to your story about the the paramedics is that they, they made a choice. It was a, an expense. Right. How does a city continue to provide the role of local government services? is the role of, lo of local government is changing. The responsibilities are being realigned from counties and states to cities, but the dollars do not come with it. What I'm talking about is bringing those mental health dollars directly to Long Beach so we can help select the service providers, make sure they understand and are from our local communities. They speak our language. They are working on a local sort of 
uh, collaborative with others that are local on the ground making a difference. On the homeless continuum of care, it's award-winning. People, Other cities look at our health department and say, I want my own health department. A few years ago, it was the opposite. Oh, uh, I don't think you... Oh, I, yeah, I get Rex, it. I get phone pandemic, calls. During the pandemic, our health department was not well-regarded. We didn't even use it. We did. Not in the way that we could have used it. I think we'll have we, a disagreement I know, but in, on some issues. Tell me some, one some thing that we, during the pandemic, mm -hmm. that we separated from L.A. County. I think we had a world-class, I think we had a world-class apparatus on testing and vaccinations. We were stood up faster. We were able to hit hard-to-reach areas of, uh, hard-to-reach communities. We were able to deploy faster since we had our own local special defense department, a local disaster preparedness department, and a local health department. We also we got we, testing out faster than every other community, and they, nationally, they were looking to Long Beach's model. This was a crisis, Yeah, right? And, but what I'm saying is we also adopted senseless, senseless mandates. And I agree with that, you. There that, was some, it, there went, look, the, the pandemic hadn't, a pandemic to this degree hadn't happened in 100 years. And folks leaned on the research and the data locally that, and best practices to keep our residents safe. Now, in retrospect, if you, you know, it doesn't make sense if you close down a business and you, and you impact people's lives economically. It, you know, people who are low wage workers and service workers take a whole lot longer to recover. I, I, always, right? I agree. I agree that. And so in some in hindsight is 2020 my, on some my, of those things. My, my point is this. When we just went through your whole your mm -hmm. whole history and your story at 38 years old. And if we did the same for me at 43, neither of us are health experts. Right. Neither of us are experts on. Homeless. These are complex, very complex issues. No right? city council has the has had to deal with the issues this city council has to deal yeah, with. Hard ones and hard hard choices. And that's and, the and, but and that's what, the job. And what my point was on delivering results. Mm -hmm. On delivering results, I think people when they hear from a politician, they typically hear somebody who sounds like everything is perfect, and they go, "Look at the results. They're not perfect. Why do you sound?" Why does it sound so easy? Like you're saying in a hundred days, I'll just do this. I'll do this. I'll be fixed. Why don't politicians, do you think they don't talk about where they didn't, they didn't make the cut. They didn't deliver. It didn't happen. I, I get these, I get these emails, you know, from our current mayor about how great everything is, how great, why do politicians focus so hard? I can't hard speak on for politicians. What I, here's what I can tell you. But in, in this case, in our talk, you, you've talked about all the things you've delivered. Mm -hmm. If you were asking a business owner, you were sitting a business owner and they were sitting talking about their career, they would be able to say, this is where I failed. Yeah. This is where I blew it. This is where I didn't come through. Here's a customer we pissed off or whatever. Can the city council or can you in the ninth district, can you point to anything where you say, I just, I blew it here. I didn't come through. I think we, I think... I've, here's a here's the thing. I started off by sharing with you places where the city has failed my community that I represent. Lack of resources, paramedics, votes to, and I'm not saying I wanted to cut the band, but I think there could have, could have been better decisions around not cutting the paramedic. Sure. Decisions are human decisions. They're land policy decisions, budgetary decisions. But the reality is, there are disparities in our city that are systemic. And the reality is the ninth district, the sixth district, the first district, those three districts in town have never even in the history of our budget oversight committee had a seat on the budget committee. 
And if you, the sixth district had for about two year period, I think it was Laura Richardson. And the history of our budget committee, the ninth and the first have never served on the committee. So when it comes to decisions about a lack of resources or a lack of investment, you can point directly to our process and how it hasn't been fair. And so what you're asking is why don't politicians point out this mistake or that mistake? Look, local government, a council person is like politician light. Let's, let's just be real. These are not, everybody works, right? They're trying to serve their community. I believe all nine of our council members, they're all working. They're stepping forward. I it isn't for you. glory. It's because they love their city. I Every single you. one of them. And what I can tell you is the issues are big and systemic and someone's not going to change everything in four years or eight years. What need, I'm not running to be a council member for the whole city. I'm running to be the mayor. The mayor is the one who galvanizes the whole council with a clear vision on where we need to go. I That's totally the mayor's agree. job. And, and you've been a major supporter of the mayor currently. I've been, I've been a champion for North Long Beach and, and helping to bring our city through a very difficult time. No question. That's but, my job. And that what, means but what I'm saying yeah. is <clears throat> what I'm saying is I don't, I just, again, we're talking about delivering to a result, delivering right. to a result, understand the last two years have been mm -hmm. terrible, but they've also been a lot of opportunity. There's been never the amount of dollars going to cities than there has been from a federal level that I could ever right. think of. Right. Right. So you have money to make change. The money just began to go out now, like and, literally in the last 30 days. So we do, these dollars that come in from the federal government have strings. They're not general fund flexible dollars. And so we were the first city to put out a strategic plan, did all of these meetings. Me and Stacy did all of these, Stacy and Cindy Allen, did all of these meetings citywide and came up with the wish list, approved it by city council, plenty of input, but it took a year to get it out because of federal requirements, not local requirements. And so now the dollars are finally going out. I just think we have to like, local government is faster than other levels of government, but it's not completely independent of other governments, I right? I think, I think somebody who works in private sector and, Certainly. and public sector from a time standpoint, completely yeah. different. But my point is, is results. Results. I hear what you're saying in North Long Beach. You, you've right. driven results. Yeah. What I'm saying is as a city council, the current city council, those five votes you talk about, I think, I, and, I, and I think of that quality of life component of mm -hmm. people saying, Rex, I just want to know, are you going to be able to deliver results? I, I think past experience is the best indicator of future performance. When I'm hiring, I, if someone can tell me what they've done, that's going to give me a good read on what they're going to be able to do. I was vice mayor, elected vice mayor a year ago during the pandemic. Right. And I believe that largely is because prior to that, I was chair of economic development. I was, you know, uh, chair of our state legislative committee. We focused laser focused on bringing down CARES Act dollars. We laser focused on our economic relief plan and setting up our economic recovery plan. For all those reasons, the council said Rex is the guy for these next two years to serve as vice mayor. Now, the two years prior, it's a different vice mayor, and that, that's sure. just how it works. Yeah. So the vice mayor's role is sort of a litmus test of where the council wants to go, right? Before I was vice mayor, I was showing leadership on these critical issues at a time when, you know, sometimes my district might have said, hey, Rex, I know you're helping with this pandemic recovery, right? 
we still got to keep our eye on the ball in North Long Beach. It's not like you get extra budget for being or extra time for being the vice mayor, right? My focus has been this pandemic recovery and keeping people healthy and safe. And we've done a good job at that. We've done a really good job at making sure that we put our health department forefront on testing and vaccinations and health equity and make sure we're getting into the areas that are hard to reach. When we didn't get any CARES Act dollars, it was a full court press to go get the dollars and bring them home. That made an incredible difference. We were able to give money to restaurants who were struggling. We were able to give money to you know, barber shops who couldn't cut hair anymore because you have to be up and close, up close with someone. We supported business, business organizations, business groups, nonprofits, health and service-based organizations to survive at a very difficult time. And now we have a big opportunity, you're absolutely right, with the recovery dollars. And I'm really excited about what we're gonna be able to invest in uh, to help boost our recovery. We know that the pandemic impacted everyone, but low-wage workers, it's called a K-shaped recovery. People who are not making a lot of money prior to the pandemic are having a harder time surviving or getting back to where they were. Whereas if you you know, made over 80K a year, which is you and me, what you saw that their housing situation was a lot more stable than the other group. And they largely, if they were impacted, they got back to where they are, uh, got back to where they were prior to the pandemic significantly faster than low wage workers. And so what that means for our city, if you look at the demographics of our city, that's a problem. When you have growing, growing poverty, housing insecurity, it's going to affect everyone. We're, I go back to social fabric. We're all connected. It's not good enough unless we have a plan that everyone can sort of recover from this pandemic. And that's what I've been focused on. Now, when you go to go to results, I, look, I can just tell you that I have a great track record in my district. I can tell you that on the city, I've been there on all the issues that matter and show real leadership on, you know, pandemic recovery and things like that. I can tell you in the region, you know, uh, Long Beach is a big, uh, you know, we have our port, our air quality, the goods movement. It, impact, it benefits us locally because we save, serve a, a larger area, a region. And so I've been able to be at those tables, you know, at a very difficult time as president of Southern California Association of Governments. Long Beach, it put Long Beach in a great position to lead on transportation and housing when I served as president. On the South Coast Air Quality Management District, Long Beach hadn't had a vote hadn't had a board member in more than a decade on the agency that regulates our port, our airport, rail yards, warehouses, most uh, many of the industries that generate jobs, we didn't even have a seat and they create the sort of air quality management plan, which is a plan uh, on how to regulate those, those industries, how it inf impacts jobs and clean air. While at the same time, we had some of the poorest air quality in decades here in our Long Beach and Los Angeles basin. And so we didn't even have a seat at the table. And so those are other other ways where, you know what, we need to step up, make sure Long Beach had a seat at the table. So I, I, when it, as it relates to leadership on very difficult issues, I've been there. As mayor, I'm not running to be the council member of nine districts. I, be, I believe council members have a job to do. We need to empower them. We need to support them so they can support and deliver for their communities. But the mayor has to have a vision of where we're going to take the city, has to be able to galvanize our city council our communities behind that vision. For me, it's a city where no neighborhood is left behind, where we don't have this story, this story of North Long Beach anymore, West Side, Central Long Beach, where you can have green grass in every part, you know, every park and playground, east or west, where you don't have vacant buildings and grocery stores 
on Glow's Coyotes in East Long Beach or on Atlantic Avenue in Cher or you, on Cherry you have them both in now. North. That's the point. You have them both now. Yeah. And and what we have to do, so I've I've you know, what I what I've done in North Long Beach is called boutique economic development. You can't just say our city is booming because of so much throughput at the ports if you don't have grocery stores and banks in your community. I agree. Boutique, with you. E boutique economic development means sweat the small stuff. Here's where it comes here's where it impacts the whole city. For many, many years, for many, many years, we've been a city that we judge our economic success based on a few factors. We get our most of our property tax and sales tax just from a couple areas of town. That's not sustainable. As soon as the pandemic hit and hotels closed down and gas prices dropped, oil prices dropped, as soon as that happened, we had to furlough employees, street sweepers and, you know, basic services and public safety. So, well, we didn't furlough public safety. You can't furlough for public safety, but we had significant cuts, right? Now, what if, you know, our bread and butter, bread and butter is property tax and sales tax. What if other areas of town were also contributing to the same degree? What if we had retail in North Central and West Long Beach that were, that were contributing the same way downtown or East Long Beach contributed? Retail's not going to move in if, if it's an unsafe city. Hold on, hold on. Answer the question. What would happen if we saw North Long Beach opening restaurants and thriving and contributing to sales tax and Central Long Beach and West Side, and we were able to you know, significantly boost what we produce in our city in terms of, in terms of sales tax and property tax generation. What it would mean is less deficits and more services for the whole city. You can't have, uh, you can't, your economic strategy can't be place all your bets on Douglas Park in downtown. It has to be, we need to make sure that every part of town is economically booming of course. because it benefits everyone. That's what I've done in North Long Beach. That's what I can do in every part of town. And that is a more, that, that, I mean, that economic inclusion strategy is a resiliency strategy. It means that our city makes more money, is more economically thriving, and we're able to provide the services that people care on, police care about, police officers, firefighters, parks with green grass. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of going to a park where you run on the grass and it turns into dust. <clears throat> I think Rex, I think, I, listen, I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, if you listen to the current mayor, I bet you. I'm they, not the current mayor. I know, but what I'm saying is, you're a part of the group. With no, you city can't characterize. Council. I represent North Long Beach. I know on the city council. And as a and no as one a else vice represents mayor. my right. And what I, I'm saying is, a, I listen. That, that vice mayor is not appointed by the mayor. But I listen to you. Mm -hmm. I listen to what you have to say. Right. In any conversation, you're listening to somebody and you're evaluating whether they're telling you something that they're going to deliver on, right? Right. And when I'm listening to you, everything you're saying, I agree with. And everything I'm but, saying, we're doing. And, and I hear that you're doing. But if I'm saying the average person in Long Beach on quality of life, the average mm -hmm. person says, there's homeless people, it's safe, the water looks like shit. Like, the city, I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. Are we out of time? Uh, I, I ran into a meeting, but let's keep going. And all I'm saying is, I I think that people in this election cycle are going to say, "Hey, can you deliver the result, or are you going to sell me a promise, be tied to other promises that we don't know about, to where it can't get done?" I can tell you, um, you know, elected officials. You know, during camp election time, 
people are going to pander. They're going to tell you anything they, they want to hear. I encourage you to go and check the record. That's something you can't change is their record. See what see what I've done on homelessness. The you know the reach model. Who advocated to bring a model that was similar to Cahoots, uh, similar to Cahoots in Eugene, Oregon, to City Council? Go check the record. Go check the record on the shelter. Check the record. My op-ed and the motion City Council to localize mental health services. Check it. As a council member, you're one of your voice. You're one of nine. You have to convince your colleagues to move along. As mayor, you have to be the charismatic leader and get people to believe and inspire them to head in that direction. I'm not running to be the council member for nine districts. Yeah, I'm running to be the mayor. The thing that I would say that I hear most about you is one is the story of overcoming odds Mm -hmm. is a story that we we like. Mm -hmm. In America, Mm -hmm. we like that story, right? Somebody overcoming odds. You come with a lot of passion. You Mm -hmm. talk a lot about your family roots and where a lot of this drive comes Mm -hmm, from. mm -hmm. And I think you have a vision. I really do. I think you Mm -hmm. really want to do something. And I think you're saying, you're saying, check my track record. Check my track record. The the one thing I would say, I don't know who you've, um, I don't know who you've made promises to in any results. That's what you would look at, right? You would look at this because I think everyone's going to agree around homelessness, Mm -hmm. crime, quality of life, can Rex get it done? And what is the cost of him getting it done? Because in this process of an election to receive support money, you have to make promises to people. So so you don't have to make promises to people. That's false. So that's not how it works. The best asset you have in a campaign is work ethic. It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in government. You need to be smart. And you need to work hard. If I... If if I'm going to win this race, it's not by making empty promises or making commitments or pledges. That's not how it works. So the firefighters were the first to endorse my campaign. It was not because I made some promise. It's because they saw how hard I worked to restore Paramedic Rescue 12 at a very difficult time. It was not included in Measure A. Go back and look. It was a paramedic on your side of town. That's what was included. It was Engine 8. It was the downtown police see, division. If you're trying to eliminate. Listen to me. Listen to me. Am, listen to the point I'm to, saying. If you're trying to eliminate have and have nots, if you look across a table at a person, you say your side of listen, town. Listen. That is a that is a. I'm not dividing. What I'm talking about is. When you talk like that, it's dividing. Well, I think we look. We're the whole city, and when you add a when you add a paramedic, or when you add an engine, it affects the whole the whole city. But what I'm telling you is. Um, the the firefighters were able to look at my track record at a time when, again, my side of town had three minutes slower response time and it was not prioritized during Measure A. We voted in high numbers for Measure A without a commitment, a promise, right, that this was going to be restored. So we had to get out and work and get support from the whole city, every part of town to make that happen. Don't listen for what you know listen to what i'm saying i'm, I'm don't, listening to what don't you're infer saying. what i'm implying no, what i'm what saying I... to you is we're one city we have to have a city where it's okay where where every community has to understand that the city has its back every community north south east west right where we're looking at data and we're making smart choices right so it's not about it's not about what pledges or commitments i, I don't know where you're, where you're going with that but 
Like I'm putting myself forward, my track record forward. I'm gonna work as mayor. I'm gonna work hard for every part of town. If East Long Beach or West Long Beach is saying that we are lacking in this, this area, the homeless crisis is important, then I'm gonna work just as hard as I worked in North Long Beach for the whole city to make sure that, that happens. What people will tell you about me is that Rex works hard. No one's gonna work harder. I keep my word. I am a serial optimist. I feed, I feed the right wolf, the optimistic wolf, because I think I've seen what we've been able to do in North Long Beach. I've seen what we've been able to do in, in terms of this pandemic. You know, like, listen, I, I feel optimistic that our best days are ahead of the city and I'm gonna galvanize our city council, our residents, our public. I'm gonna work across government. I'm gonna work with the County Board of Supervisors. I'm gonna work with them. You know, uh, the chair of the board, Holly Mitchell, Janice Hahn, um, Hilda Solis have endorsed my campaign. I've had substances co substantive conversations about pulling things like mental health away from the county to do it locally, right? So these are the things that the mayor's gonna have to do, have the bigger conversations about delivering. So, so running for mayor means that you have to be a mayor for the whole city, every part of the city. I think people, when they hear Rex, you know, that overcoming adversity, what you're talking about, overcoming barriers, I think everybody in every part of town can identify with that, right? Buying my first home, buying my second home, working in the private sector. My wife's dad was a janitor. She's got a doctorate from USC and runs the business analytics program at Marshall School of Business. Like we didn't come from any place of entitlement or, or, or privilege. We work hard. And I don't know, and when you say that, I don't, when we talk about that word entitlement right. or privilege, mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that's not working to try to overcome. Then they something. should identify what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. But so if to, you but, feel but that way. You, but when we start talking about that side of town, this side of town, it infers. And maybe you don't know that it infers, but it infers that. And you said it earlier that other people had a, an advantage. Actually, in a previous conversation. I didn't say that. You would. No, I said say I. say that other mayors that have come out of other parts of town. There is, an, there is advantage, an advantage. So an let, advantage. Me, let me and give you the example. What I'm saying is it infers that I have an advantage Are you, over you. And I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I don't. I, I, here's what I'm talking about. If, if every citywide elected official lives in the same community, that is an advantage. Our April electorate that we had before. Or it's that other districts or other people in different, you and talked you, about you think you, Do you think that's not systemic? What I think is- When we had an April electorate, 2,000 people would vote in the ninth district in April. They're not local voters. They vote state, they vote federal, right? When it takes significant effort, TV ads and things like that, our drive turnout. My first election, 2,000 people voted in my district. When the election dates changed, 11,000 people voted in my district. From two to 11, simply by changing the dates to occur when other elections were happening. So while they're already there voting for president or voting for governor, they're also voting for council member and mayor. That is a systemic change. That's immediately increased voting turnout. The disparity- Are you talking about mail-in voting? Or no. Are you talking about- we, No, we already have mail-in voting. Now everyone gets a ballot. Yeah. What I'm talking about is changing election dates significantly increased turnout. Totally. What, right. I'm, what I'm saying is prior to that, 
if you have 25,000 votes in your district and I have 2,000 in mine, that's called an advantage because it's very difficult if you only have 2,000 votes coming out of your district and another has 25,000, it's nearly impossible to win an election. You haven't represented that area. They don't know you. Totally you agree. And what, what I would be saying so, is- So what I'm saying I, to you I is the changing of the system makes it a bit more balanced. And what I would say is somebody might look at that the other way. They might say it's easier to become a council member in the ninth district as a starting place because I can go out and get 2,000 votes versus yeah. 25,000 votes and launch my career in potentially public service or in politics. Meaning it's all the way you look at something. My point is- I get if, it. If There's some, different points of view. If somebody, right. if somebody we, neither of us chose our color, neither of us chose our economic background, either of us chose really, meaning you're in a Greyhound bus, I'm wherever I am at 12 right. or 13 years old, it's what you're doing now. My point right. is, why do we point to telling one person they have a higher advantage? This is not about another? dividing the community. This no, is about what, unifying what I'm saying the community. Is I, I'm saying is, I think it's a sensitive subject in Long Beach, especially because so many people are saying, like as you would say, is, hey, here's this part of town that didn't have basic services, and I'm watching a city council vote for a band over paramedics i don't know if that I, I i think no matter what part of town you're in when you hear that story what you should understand is we have failed large parts of our town for a long time i don't think that's okay i, I don't who and who it would doesn't have it to be well that's been the story for generations and when you have patterns of disparity that persist for generations that means it's not one person's fault it's a systemic issue we have to think systems we have to think broader about how we change it I have to wrap up, but I, I'm going to give you an example. It's an analogy. I use this because it helps people understand what I'm talking about. Imagine you have a garden and the city is that garden. And you've planted that garden with all the things that you want, all those things. But for some reason, you turn off the faucet and no longer tend to the garden and no longer water that garden for 40 years. When you come back to that garden, it no longer has the characteristics of a garden. You may or may not even see fruit. It will have weeds, it will have rodents, it will have all the things you did not plant. You can't just turn back on the faucet and expect that garden to bounce right back. That will never happen. You have to rebuild that garden. You have to take out those weeds, reinvest in the very soil, get rid of those rodents, and, re and replant new seeds and you have to commit to nurturing and turning back on the faucet. North and Central and West Long Beach and some of these communities, right? Some of these communities, not all of it, like some North Long Beach communities are great and have gotten the things that they need and some haven't. And that's, that's the way it is. There's some East Long Beach communities that certainly need a lot more investment. But what we can't do is just act like this is gonna be one term or one council member who's a whiz kid or whatever that's going to change it. We have to have the bigger conversation about the, totally the garden. Totally agree. So when you see crime and blight and violence, those are the weeds. Those are the outcomes of lack of, lack of investment. Those are the things that happen when you don't care about, when you don't invest in things like libraries and open space and schools. Those are the things that, that, that manifest. And it creates a cycle where it continues to drive that community a certain direction. I'm interested in breaking that cycle. I'm, 
what I would say is it, it helps everyone if that were to happen. That's more sales tax, property tax across the city so everyone can get services. That means less, less dependence, like that means less crime across the whole city when people are thriving. It means that everyone has the things that they need to thrive. This is not crazy. This is not a crazy idea. I, I don't think it's crazy. Either. But the e mayor education. has to have that vision and work toward that, Yeah. right? College Promise is a great program. Imagine if we were talking about an economic promise, right? Every kid that's on free and reduced lunch in our city should get access to, their family should have access to affordable housing. Should automatically qualify. You're going to school in our communities. That's a partnership between schools and city. Community college, the same. That's one of the biggest drivers of people to getting out of poverty. I know because I got out of poverty. That's a significant tool. And so those are things we can double, out, double down on that will make a difference in our whole city. I'm less concerned about, you know, what divides us. I'm more in concerned about finding where our interests intersect and building because there's a unanimous consensus there. You can't address homelessness without talking about poverty. We're gonna have to dive deeper into mental health. We can talk about crime and investing in police and fire. We also have to talk about taking out those weeds, nuisance motels and liquor stores that are breeding, you know, human trafficking and process, you know, all these things that make us more reliant on suppression, where if we were to spend the resources and the time to crack down on those nuisance liquor stores, those nuisance motels, then I'll tell you, you're gonna have a healthier, safer city. So what I'm telling you is I've seen it because we've done it, we're doing it, and I'm optimistic that we can continue doing this, doing this as a city. Ryan, I, this was a really good conversation. I appreciate it. I really it. gotta get to work, but okay, thank it. you so very much. You got it, thank you. Absolutely.